That was literally verbal diarrhea. I'm setting the bar awfully low. Titus O'Neil keeps running directly into that bar. Get him off my TV, get him off my TV. You make me very angry. The man who has a better IQ than you, the awe-inspiring JC. You should go work for WWE because you'd be so up far up Vince's No, butt. no, no, no. Oh, you are no, such no, a no, suck no, no. You, you defend everything, all the bad moves they make. This is the Chopper Joker What's up, guys? JC here, and we have an exciting episode for you today. I will be experiencing some Quinn magic as both at DQ of the JK and at TJ of the JK will be joining me on this program. Uh, DQ and I are going to talk a little Elimination Chamber, maybe look ahead to uh, WrestleMania, because him and TJ both will be there in attendance representing the Jabberknocker. And then in the second half of the show, TJ is going to join me to go through our regular uh, shine, heat, hope, comeback, and finish of Raw. We'll talk a little NXT and AEW as well. But before we get to that, I just want to plug our friends over at Rossi on Wrestling. They are doing a March Madness style bracket, which you can find on their Twitters at Jason D Rossi and at Billy D twenty four eleven. Make sure you get out there and vote. This is a fun little thing. Uh, I even did a little breakdown of the two thousand tens. If you want to check that out, so make sure you check them out and vote on those. But hey, let's get to DQ. All right, so now I'd like to welcome the first half of the Quinn Magic. DQ, what's up, my man? What's going on, JC? How's your back from carrying the job knocker all these weeks? It's a little sore. I got another uh, chiro. My chiropractic appointments are Tuesday, so by the time people are listening to this, uh, I would have just got a fresh crack, so I'll feel better then. <laughs> well, it's it's only a matter of time before the exalted one returns. So. I know. it's it's What's going to happen first? Dark Order's exalted one's going to come back or our exalted one? It's going to be real interesting. Uh, I'm saying our exalted one. That's my prediction. Ooh, I like it. Well, speaking of, uh, we're going to talk about the Elimination Chamber, which was on Sunday. It was a very interesting pay-per-view in the fact that the main event players were not present. Um, but uh, on the pre-show, we had Hawkins and Ryder return DQ'd uh, to get beat by the fucking Raiders. Who cares? Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, we'll move it, on. I mean, they, they don't even have a match on Raw, but they're going to get a pay-per-view match. I That's mean, what's insane pre- to me. Pre-show or not. Yeah, it's it's absurd because it's like these guys like we're gonna have a title match and they disappeared, haven't been on Raw since. And then it's like randomly, oh pay per view, yeah, you get a match, you get a match. You can say the same thing about the match that kicked off the show. Uh, Drew Gulak in his hometown of Philadelphia got that Woo! big time hometown pop. Oh my god! And this match was a lot of fun. Oh, that that match was phenomenal. Like there was there was a couple spots that I was worried about Daniel Bryan's like life, but I mean, <laughs> a holy, it was just a technical masterpiece. This is something I know Daniel Bryan's wanted forever. Ever since 205 Live came to be, he's been saying, yep. he's like, I want to work with those guys. I want to work with Drew Gulak because I know he's good friends with them. And, man, it showed that, like, why he wanted to because these two were like a match made in heaven. Of course, Daniel Bryan got the win, but mm-hmm. the whole storyline of Gulak, like, scouting him, like, he had counters for almost everything, which was great. Well, even in, uh, in the Cruiserweight Classic, he, when uh, Daniel Bryan was commentating, he was just, oh, he was just drooling over Drew Gulak. Pun intended. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, it, it's, it, it was just – it was perfect. So I am curious about this because, obviously, uh, Gulak passed out. I'm sure they'll have a rematch at some point on SmackDown. But Daniel Bryan over there on SmackDown doesn't seem to have a WrestleMania match as of now. Do you – what do you see in his future? 
I mean, I mean, you, you have to give him something at WrestleMania. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, whether it's it, it's uh, Gulak versus Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania again, I'd I'd be just fine with that. I mean, I'd be fine if they fight forever. But um, I don't I don't know right now. Uh, Daniel well, Bryan. Yeah, I got nothing... two for you. One oh, could oh, be oh. one could be something that we're going to talk about later. A new Intercontinental Champion, Sami Zayn, or hmm. there is a monster heel on the show that is not booked as well. King Corbin. Ooh, Daniel Bryan, King Corbin, I don't think we've seen it before. And if we have, I don't remember. That could be an interesting mix. And I think I think they could put a clinic. And, I mean, you know you know how I feel about King Corbin. You know how you feel about King oh. Corbin. And I think that could be the perfect just meshing of the technical and power. And, you know, Daniel Bryan will be able to just pull the best out of Baron Corbin. Yeah, I'd say uh, WWE, you should book that now. We'll see what happens on SmackDown because I'm sure on Friday night they'll push that forward. But next up was a Raw match where Andrade had to pull the tights to beat Shimmy. Shimmy, yeah. But this match was, again, competitive. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was nothing It was nothing that we hadn't seen before between the two of them. But, I mean, I, once again, they're, they're a pair that I could watch them fight. I mean, they're making us watch them fight forever. But And you're going to see it I, again. <laughs> oh, oh, of course you are. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm curious. This is another thing with the the U.S. title. Obviously, Angel Garza's involved and all them, so we'll see what goes on there. But next up, we had our first Elimination Chamber match with the tag teams, and this one had a lot of action. I know some people were saying it was sloppy and stuff, so I'm curious your take, DQ. Um, I, there was a couple spots that were really, really, really wonky, kind of like uh, you could hear Tucker go, uh, T- Tucker yell out, Lince, and then... Uh, Otis looked up at him, looked down, got in the ring, got out of the ring, got in the ring, got out of the ring. But I'm assuming that if you were there at the show, it was probably great. And they just, it just looked weird and felt weird because we were watching it on TV. But the build up to that Lindsay Dorado spot was, it was hectic. But at the same time, it, the payoff was pretty awesome. Well, that's what I'm saying about this match. This Honestly, this is my favorite part of the show. I Because I kind of saw this. I was at work. But I went back and I rewatched it after I finished everything else. And I love this match. From start to finish, I thought, you know, Otis had his moments. Tucker coming off the top was fantastic. Then Otis taking himself out. You push that storyline forward. was the glorious. And then it comes down to the three contenders that we thought. And they gave Miz and Morrison the, the big win. But I thought this was like, even if you consider it sloppy, I'm okay with that sometimes in wrestling. Because guess what? It's supposed to be a fight. Not everything goes oh, as yeah. planned. And I mean, I mean, I will say, uh, Grand Metallic, he looked... He looked sketchy at first, and then he had a couple huge spots like the Hurricane Rana off the top of the cell or on the uh, pod. Yep. So I mean, it, there was a couple really good spots. I love the finish. Kind of just gave you that Weasley, Miz, and Morrison kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that was well done because, like they said, Elimination Chamber's no DQ, so the heels should do what they did. They stacked it up, and they beat the Usos, and it – I would assume that's where we're headed for WrestleMania, but uh, I'm going to have in my hope actually later in the show with your brother something about Otis DQ, so you and everyone else have to look forward Ooh. to that. Ooh, I like, I like. <laughs> but next up, we have probably what was my second favorite match of the card. It was uh, AJ Styles versus Aleister Black. Undertaker showed up, did his choke slam to Styles. Black took advantage and got the big win. I had no problem with any of this. Uh, the best part about that match to me was... Uh, I timed the gong perfectly, mm-hmm. and so AJ's over on the uh, on the uh, side pulling on the thing, and I just went, oh, "I'm just waiting for the gong," and it was <laughs> just, it was perfect. My my wife's like, "That's kind of that's kind of creepy." <laughs> 
But I, I mean, AJ, I love AJ as a heel. He's just, he's that sniveling. And the fact that he gets the OC involved is just, it's beautiful. Yeah, no, I thought this, the execution of this was well done. And then, uh, you know what? I love to hate on The Undertaker, but for what this was, this was perfect. Uh, I hope they booked their match the way I've talked about it the last few weeks. But we certainly will see. But it seems like we're on that way. That's exciting. Next I, up. Oh, yeah. No, I kind, hold on. I kind of wanted to see AJ do the uh, tombstone, though. Oh, yeah, I did, too. Awesome. That, that's when the lights went off, right? Uh, no, the, the lights went off. Oh, he reversed it. That's it. right. That's right. Yeah, he re- he reversed it on him. And I was like, no. But. <laughs> But still, it was a lot of fun, and this feud—it's uh, something that I don't actually—I don't actually hate going forward, which is progress for me. Whoa, 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 whoa! I know. I don't know if I can handle that. Because this—this is how you do it, man. And they're doing it right so far. I just hope they can take I, it through the finish line. I just think if anybody's going to pull a good match out of the Undertaker, it can be AJ Styles. Yeah, and I'm not even looking for a good match. I'm just looking for the spots and the finish, and let the Undertaker pose because it ain't going to do nothing to AJ to lose. Yep. So. Undertaker's got to pose. Yep, <laughs> Undertaker must pose. Um, speaking of, usually the Monday Night Messiah must pose, but because of Kevin Owens, once again, it was thwarted. This match was a lot of fun, probably went too long, but the star of it was the popcorn. Oh, yeah, well, that that Angelo Dawkins tackling him, holy moly. Oh, that was phenomenal. Um, did you see the gift that Kevin Owens pointed? Like, hey, hey, watch out. Angelo Dawkins is coming before he just blindsides him. You got to watch it. It's awesome. Oh, so well done. Like, that was – I know everyone likes to, like, jump on Dawkins. But, I, I mean, he's part of what makes that team so much fun. Montez Ford was up to his usual stuff in this match. He even scared the shit out of the ref at one point, which was good comedy. So, yeah. I enjoyed this. I enjoy everything those guys do. And I'm curious to see what their uh, next step is as well. I think I think we're headed to a like a ladder match or something at at WrestleMania. Don't tease me, Danny. Don't tease I, me. I know, I know, I know. I I just I feel like with with one of those championships, like the the U.S. Championship or one of the tag team titles, you're gonna get a ladder match. I don't disagree with that. Uh, next up, we had the big surprise of the evening: the one on three handicap for the match for the Intercontinental Championship. And Sami Zayn is the one who walked out with the gold, even though he looked like he had the worst hair day in the world. I think I think I got that right on the predictions. I'm just throwing that out there. I know you uh, might have. A lot of people were hoping for it, but I didn't know I, someone I actually just, picked it. But good for you. Yeah, I, I did. Um, I I just I saw the writing on the wall. I mean, and I, that's why I'm kind of feeling like this might be your ladder match. Mm-hmm. Because then you could have Braun, Cesaro, Shinsuke, Sammy, and then some random Jamoke. And <laughs> but but I I I love this match. I love 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 Sammy as this manager heel coward, like especially against Braun because Braun has the personality to to really sell it. Yep, and yeah, now now we have the whole thing of Braun once again chasing. I'm assuming this will probably be. I, th- I think it's going to be a one-on-one match at WrestleMania, and it'll probably be obviously a squash, but I think it's right. a good way to give Braun his moment, but also, like, this was a big, I think, pat on the back for Sami Zayn, too, because obviously he's been doing great work forever, and it's just mm-hmm. kind of funny that he wins his title when uh, he's not really actually wrestling for the most part, but he's, like you said, he's been knocking this gimmick out of the park. Has a bit cringe at some point, of course, but it's three guys who deserve more, and I think it's worked well with Braun. Did you see uh, Kevin Owens' tweet congratulating him? No, I did not. I. Uh, Oh man, I can I can't remember the exact wording to it, but it was it was pretty good. I love it. I those two. I mean, you want to talk about fight forever? I'd love to oh, see yeah. those two come back to it again. But DQ, you know what time it is? It's time to uh... talk about the main event of the show. 
And um, I think we're going to be talking about this for a little bit here because there's a lot to unpack. Um, I'll give my take first. Um, I obviously did not love the match. I love the idea of the match. I just thought the execution was terrible. Like, we knew what this was going to be. This was going to be Shayna eliminates everyone. We knew exactly what was coming. We knew exactly what was coming. But my problem with it was was, just have Shayna start and just feed him to her if you're going to go it that way. Because I just – the stuff at the beginning, I know, like, people, like, especially our boy Ray Ray gets his, like, goal, his heart on for the ride squad. That's Sarah Logan. No one loves Sarah Logan. Feed her <laughs> to goddamn Shayna Baszler. I love my girl Liv. Feed her to goddamn Shayna Baszler because I think it would have built up the Oscar thing even more if she just went. Yeah. Start oh. her and Natalia. Let them wrestle a little bit. She takes out Natalia. Then, boom, squash Liv. Squash Ruby. Squash Sarah. And then one-on-one with Oscar, and that's how she wins. I, uh, I absolutely loved the buildup between like with oscar still in the pod yes. and shana just wandering around it it felt like it was going on too long but then as i was sitting there i was like oh this is awesome this is beautiful because it just it just kept the tension kept building and building and building and you were kind of you're kind of feeling that that is shana gonna get caught on the in this case yeah and this one was actually really interesting to me because it sure seemed like the last like month or so since shayla's shana's been around that they were kind of booking her as the babyface and Becky as the heel, but I mean, Shayna was one million percent heel in this. So now, like oh, yeah. this feud going forward is going to be real interesting. I, I kind of, I, I'm a little disappointed that it didn't go this way, but I was kind of expecting Becky to in- interfere, like climb through the bottom of the cell, kind of like uh, Shawn Michaels did to the Undertaker. Yep. And and cost Oscar to to guarantee Shayna the spot because Becky still has that to prove. Yeah, the only problem with that is though, if they did that, everyone it's gonna it would just make too much momentum for Oscar, and we gotta leave her in the past, unfortunately, to get to this singles yeah. match. Um, so again, like I thought, the idea of it worked. I just thought the execution just it killed me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. All right, well that gets us through Chamber, but DQ. Before I lose you here, I want to talk to you a little bit about WrestleMania. There are five matches booked already, five big ones, but uh, I would like you to talk about you are actually heading down to Florida. You will be with the other half of Quinn Magic for it. Uh, So why don't you give the people a schedule of what's going to be happening that weekend for Jobberknocker fans? All right. So we've got some exciting stuff going on. Um, Obviously, Saturday Saturday night is going to be... Um, NXT TakeOver, so we will obviously have our normal NXT hangover, except for me and my big bro are going to be in the same room instead of the top of the United States and the bottom. (laughs) Um, Then on Sunday, what we're going to do is we are actually going to um, live streams on Twitter, the kind of like a tailgating and like having fun before the show. Maybe we'll take some questions and, and get the feel out of it. But if you're, if you're, going to wrestlemania definitely look us uh look for us we'll have stickers we'll have we'll have stuff going on so just keep an eye out for us paint that town jobber knocker black and white are those our official colors i guess yeah Yeah. (laughs) but that's exciting obviously a lot of fun stuff but i do want to before i let you go here i do want to talk to you but since you will be uh in the crowd at wrestlemania there are five matches booked so far nxt women's championship wwe championship wwe raw women's championship the Universal Championship, and then John Cena versus The Fiend Bray Wyatt. Those are the five official. We know we're going to get Edge, Randy Orton, AJ, yep. Undertaker. So my question for you, DQ, is what match are you, as someone going to the event, most looking forward to? Give me a, uh, Edge versus uh, Randy Orton. Right all answer. Day. Yep. I, I just I can't – I feel like Edge is one of those entrances at WrestleMania. You're going to get a shit ton of pyro and all that excitement. And not to mention, it's his first WrestleMania back. He's going to get a – 
hell of a pop. And this is obviously the best feud going right now. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the Fiend's entrance. I'm always excited to see the Undertaker's entrance. I mean, he can't he can't do anything bell to bell anymore, but it's still a sight to behold that entrance. My hope, and this is kind of going out there on a limb, I kind of hope they end with uh, Goldberg Reigns. <laughs> right? Listen to this. Listen. They're going to end with Goldberg Reigns. Reigns standing above Goldberg with the Universal title when the lights go out and the Fiend takes him down. And that's how you end WrestleMania. See, now that, if that's going to be the main event, I think that's how you do it. Th- that's how you have to do it. Yeah. If, that, if, if that's going to be the main event, because they're, I, I can tell you that I'm going to boo the crap out of that out of Goldberg. <laughs> so like, and I boo, I booed him when he fought uh, Lesnar a few years ago too. So I'm standing by that, and that's not moving. Yeah, see, so when I, when Goldberg was in Boston, we obviously booed the shit out of him, but it was kind of hard not to send Alon to his son at the same time. So oh, yeah. I think we're gonna have a mix of that again. Which again, that's what they're always looking for because that's what Roman Reigns gets. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm excited for WrestleMania. I know you're excited. I'm about to oh, yeah. talk to your brother. Do you have any final thoughts before I let you go? Um, I think I'm good. Um, if if you can, just give him a black mask for me while uh, over the phone. Oh, I look forward to doing that. Well, DQ, thank you very much. And uh, hey, thanks, JC. Talk to you soon, my man. Yes, sir. Talk to you. All right. I am now joined by the other half of Quinn Magic. TJ, welcome to the show. Welcome, it's the better half. JC is the better half. <laughs> now, I heard that you guys are actually twins. Is that rumor true? That is not true. Despite the fact that we look the same and that you can't tell the difference, we're not twins. I'm like two years older than he is. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with the twin thing because it's more fun. Yeah, it works. <laughs> but uh, you know what? Twins are shine, as we know. So let's get right into the shine, the Mandy portion of the program, because she's always in the shine, even though she's not going to be in this segment. TJ, I'm going to kick it off to you. What was your favorite part of Raw? My favorite part of Raw, actually, I'm going to go with AJ's promo against The Undertaker. I thought that was an outstanding way to sell that uh, the feud right away. Um, it was very real. It was exactly, I think Nestle always talks about how AJ's better as a heel. And this exactly showed it. He just was money on the mic. He trashed Michelle McCool. And, I mean, he brought The Undertaker out. And he even called him out for fake retiring, which I think we all have been doing the same thing. Oh, absolutely. This was this was honestly, like, the perfect promo for me and Nestle because, hey, Nestle really hates Michelle McCool. Never really understood it, but he just absolutely despises her. She's almost Kelly Kelly level. But uh, for me, everything AJ Styles said is exactly how I feel about The Undertaker. And it was perfect. But uh, the, the one part that I kind of was like, ugh. AJ legit said he was going to commit murder at WrestleMania. Like, is that is that is that kosher? I don't know, but he said he's literally going to kill the Undertaker at WrestleMania. I just loved how he like corrected himself too. He's like, I mean, I'm going to take his soul. I'm like, oh, okay, AJ. I think you got a little. Uh, I think he was uh, channeling his TNA AJ and got a little too deep, but it worked out. It was fine. I mean, I think the crowd when they were like, "Eee!" Like, that was probably like one of the loudest crap part the crowd has been in a couple of days. So that was kind of funny. Oh yeah, this crowd was red, red hot, much better than the Elimination Chamber crowd. But I just love AJ once again. Just run him down. He says the Undertaker has lost his dignity. Yup. His pride. Yup. And his mystique. Yup. Super hot fire. Like hitting all the notes. And like you hit on right at the start. AJ as a heel is so much better. And TJ, you know I'm a Taker hater nowadays. Taker hater. But I love this feud. I love where this is going. I'm glad it's a one-on-one match. I just hope that. They give us what it should be and don't try to make it longer than it needs to be. 
Yeah, exactly. And I was a little concerned. It looked like they were going down the road of a tag match. Ugh. I think you guys discussed it last week. And I kind of would have been okay with it because it's Alistair Black and it would have been like a handicap match or whatnot. But I am much happier with a one-on-one match. So we'll just see how that goes the next couple of weeks because um, oddly enough, there's a contract signing next week. But I think we'll get there in the heat. Yeah, that's uh, interesting, but I uh, chose to ignore that, um, and I'm going to jump to probably what was my second favorite segment uh, of the week, and you know, it starts with, I'm coming, MVP, and uh, this was weird, because it seemed like he started the promo before they got back from break, at least on my cable network, but uh, he pretty much was out there to uh, eat a spear from an angry edge, a very, very angry edge, uh, Randy Orton tried the sneak attack, he got an RKO for trying to do that, and uh, eventually, uh, Orton scurries away, and... Uh, MVP gets choked out by Edge and does the Orton chair murder thing to him. Yeah, it was a little weird. Um, my cable also, it kind of cut in in the middle of it. But it, I definitely think it was one of those, like, he was trying to get heat on the crowd to get them against him for a minute. He was trying to get cheap heat during commercial, and then they cut in, like, a little too early. Because, like, if you listen to his promo, he definitely was uh, trying to get a little bit of heat at the start. Oh, absolutely. And I think that was a good device. Because, honestly... I mean, I haven't hated the MVP thing the last month because I think he's good on the promo. He helped, I think, move the McIntyre thing forward. And, you know, he was a nice device to be like, hey, who can edge kill that we don't need on TV? Oh, how about MVP? Get on out there. Come on down. So I enjoyed this. I am curious your take on edge because we obviously were probably what we've been talking about for weeks is, man, when edge makes that surprise return, it's going to be awesome. There was no surprise with this because they started, I think, promoing on Saturday. They talked about it all night on Sunday and all throughout Raw on Monday. They were saying edge is coming, edge is coming. I know in nowadays we don't get those surprises as much anymore because of social media and it would have been leaked anyways, but it did kind of stink that it just like was kind of there for me. Yeah, no, I agree. I th- I was hoping for more of a uh, surprise return because they started teasing it on NXT when they were talking about Beth Phoenix being absent. They said the Edge is going to come back and uh, address that, which stinks, but I, I still enjoyed it. Um, it was a very angry Edge, kind of reminded me um, a little bit of the uh, opportunist Edge from the 2000, late 2000s when he was just going crazy and banging Lita and all that stuff. Um, but that was exciting. Um, it was good to see him. I was glad that Leather Suit MVP got speared. Um, <laughs> the, RK, the RKO got me off guard because I wasn't expecting that, and it looked like a weird botch until they started calling that an RKO. Um and the the submission hold was a little strange. I didn't. I wasn't feeling that for Edge, so he can kind of cut that after this week. He doesn't need to use that again. Yeah, I'm assuming it was probably a device where maybe MVP isn't supposed to be taking that many bumps or something. But at least like you had the effect of uh, Edge was staring Orton down as he was doing it. It was awkward. I agree. It's not really Edge's thing, but I get what they were going for there. But I actually want to uh, before we move on to the next part. DQ said that this match was the one he's looking the most forward to at WrestleMania. You will also be there. Are you uh, following suit with that? I think at this time, yes. Um, I mean, very. I'm very intrigued at the Fiend and John Cena, yes. especially as we start getting more and more into that. Because the way it's starting to look, I'm feeling that that might be a retirement match, like a career versus Fiend thing. Um, and I'm a little excited for that. Um, as we know, I like love to see a good retirement match uh, live at WrestleMania. But hey, um, too bad. We'll uh, what... Too bad you weren't there last year then, because we had one of the greatest of all time, Baron Corbin, retire Kurt Angle. <laughs> No, I mean, I've seen Flair, and I, I thought I saw Undertaker, I guess, but that didn't happen. But, um, no, I mean, I'm very intrigued for both of those. I think Edge and Randy Orton has a lot of potential to be – I think it's going to be, like, the one that steals the show. Um, I mean, I guess it's not really stealing it for hyping it up this much. But, um, yeah, it'll probably be one of those two matches. But we'll see. I mean, the card's still very young right now. 
Oh, absolutely. And uh, another match that is booked, and I know you're excited for this because you're our resident NXT expert. The NXT Women's Championship will be on the line, and I absolutely, I say it all the time, heel Charlotte, there's not too many better, and she cut a classic heel Charlotte promo. Rhea came out. They didn't do a lot, but she gave her a nice punch in the face. I thought this was a nice little appetizer, but again, like, Charlotte on the mic is so good, and I think she can really get Rhea to the next level. Oh, no, definitely, and it was a I love just the one punch and walk away. Like, it almost was cowardly in a way of uh, Ripley to just, like, punch her and then walk away and do her thing. But she's so cocky. Everything about her is really, really cocky. Um, and it even makes, like, Becky Lynch look calm right now. Like, <laughs> Rhea Ripley knows she's going to win this match. And I think that, um, like, we all agree, like, that's going to happen. But Charlotte as a heel, you can never doubt that. So we'll see where she goes with it. Yeah, and that's why I love this feud is because – the minute I saw Rhea Ripley back in the Mayhem Classic and then dominating NXT UK, I'm like, she really does have a lot of Charlotte in her. She just doesn't really have the lineage. But besides that, like, her and Charlotte are so similar that when they do meet, it's going to be special. And that's why I'm excited for this because I just think we can get even more of the back-and-forth cockiness uh, going forward. Yeah, and, I mean, they're very similar in styles, but it's a it's a power match, and you don't see, like, two, like, hard-hitting females these days, like, I mean, we saw a little bit of it with Baszler and Bianca Belair, but even then, like, Belair changed their style for the match. Like, they always, like, even when Belair was facing against Ripley, it wasn't as hard-hitting as one would have thought because Belair goes into, like, that, like, lucha style, like, doing backflips and whatnot, and it's not the power matchup. I think we're going to see a lot more of the uh, power between these two ladies at WrestleMania. Oh, absolutely, and that's why I'm honestly, it's one of the matches I'm more excited for. Um, next up, I kind of want to transition to... A match we had, um, obviously we had the horrible reveal of the spider last week, uh, the mechanical spider. But this week, you know what you do when you have something bad? You kill it on television. And you know what you, the way they did it this week? They put their most over guy to kill it. Drew McIntyre stomped out the cage. He stomped out Eric Rowan. I thought this was effective um, through all of it because it let McIntyre just keep that momentum train, man. Ray Ray said it last week. This guy is so freaking over and... My guess is that might be the end of the cage uh, there, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, I, I'm sure he's going to carry around a squashed cage for a week and be, like, sad. He's gonna, <laughs> like, there's going to be some sort of, like, he's going to start squashing people again because he's just going to be mad. But I really don't know where they're going to go with Rowan. Um, but anyone who says that Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar is not going to main event or end the show at WrestleMania, they're crazy. I'm with you 100%. This feud is, this feud is so hot right now. There's no way that it doesn't finish the show, especially with – like Drew is gonna win this match, and Drew Drew must pose. Like that's how WrestleMania is going to end. It's with Drew with the title in his hand, posing on that corner with the pyro in front of the stage. Like, there is no way that WWE goes against that. Yeah, and if they did, it would be a massive oversight because you know they have to look at the formula. It's like. Drew McIntyre is the guy we all want to win. It's indisputable. Like, I love Brock Lesnar, but I want Drew McIntyre to win. Whereas in the other ones, you know it's always going to be mixed or it's whatever. Like, Edge Orton is awesome, and that would be an awesome main event. But this, you have the opportunity. It's your title, and it's the guy. There's, like you said, no better way to end the show with that pyro and those fireworks. With him holding that championship on the stage, it is an iconic moment, and it could really, really boost him to that next level of face of the franchise type player, which they clearly want him to be. Yeah, absolutely. All right, TJ. Um, I'm I'm running a little low. I still have a few more things, but I want to know what else you have about from Shine for Raw. Um, so I really enjoyed, and I didn't think I was going to enjoy it, but Becky Lynch's promo to start the show. Um, usually when a promo starts the show, I'm like, eh, like here we go. 
but I think Becky did a great job turning the feud around because a lot of people were really sour with uh, Shayna Baszler at the end of Elimination Chamber. They were just kind of like, this match sucked. Can she do it? Um, the dirt sheets all talk about how Shayna's not ready and Vince doesn't think she's ready. Um, Becky made me turn my opinion on this match around. It probably won't be the best match on the card, but now I'm more interested in it. And it's very personal. Um, Becky, I don't think she's cocky anymore. I think she's ready and she's focused on this match. Um, whereas, like, you know, two weeks ago she was wearing a crown and looked like Conor McGregor oh. and was starting to get knocked out. Yeah, I know that. I didn't, I didn't love that stuff. And like I said, like uh, I, you pretty much hit it on the head. Like I was losing steam in this feud. But when I look at this feud, especially with how it's going, I don't want a wrestling match. I want to fight. So I don't know if they have to get a stipulation on it or something. But for me to really buy into this completely, it's like I like Shayna Baszler and I want to see her have like that great moment. But at the same time, there are so many of Shayna Baszler matches, which it's not necessarily her fault, where they underwhelm because her style is just different and it can't match up, especially in NXT when you have all the high spot matches. Like, her match was always the one that was more standard. So I think to make this one stand out and to really, like, show what Becky can do best, too, is that some balls-to-the-wall violent, like, street fight or something like that to really make this stand out in the card. Yeah, I have a feeling, I mean, even just looking at the card as it is right now, there's not anything crazy going on like that. So, I mean, we're due for a street fight or we're due for something like, you know, similar. So I have a feeling it will get us some sort of stipulation. Um, I mean, even if it's something like submission. That's what I'm worried about is it might be that, which I don't hate, but I know because I I do agree with you. I think think Orton and Edge actually is going to get a violent stipulation as well. It's got to be headed down that way. So I don't know if they do two street fights, but even if it's just like a false count anywhere, just like something similar that maybe has a different name, but I just submission match, I guess it's okay because obviously they both do submissions, but I'm just, like I said, I'm not looking for wrestling in this match. I'm looking for a fight. I mean, submission matches are usually no DQ, so I mean, there's always that opportunity. Um, And I also, and I know everybody's going to laugh at me, but I enjoyed Aleister Black's uh, knocking on Aleister's door this time around because he just sat down and then the knock came and it was good old friend Seth Rollins for his second promo of the night. Yeah, and I will say this was the only part of this that I enjoyed, so I'm glad that is all you mentioned. But yeah, I did kind of like this with the whole point of the Monday Night Messiah is to try to, you know, grow his brand and recruit more people. So it made sense, especially Buddy with the battles being the recommendation. But I love Alistair shutting him down because you know what that does? It just puts Alistair in the shinier light as a babyface as they're trying to build him as that badass babyface. So for that portion, up to that point, I really liked it too. Uh, and then I just the Street Profits. They're just outstanding. Yes, they, 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 they shine. They shined in what will be uh, the highlight of the heat later. But I do have one more thing I want to mention before we make the transition. because, And it's mainly because this is finally back. Can we talk about how fucking amazing the Kabuki Warriors entrance is? It is really great. I love it. <laughs> like, the song works for them perfectly. Kyrie's saying, like, the mix of her and Asuka. Asuka, obviously, I love the thing when they wear the belts differently. Like, her, the belt around her waist. Kyrie Sane has it around her neck. She's spinning the umbrella. Just, like, there's so much, like, extra with this entrance. And I really like it. And it's finally put the focus back on the women's tag division, which is why I think this is even bigger shine. Yeah, and their their promo was hilarious. Like, <laughs> I didn't I didn't understand a word they were exactly. saying. Exactly. Perfect. Uh, and then they do a great job drawing themselves as heel because like my wife's watching it with me and she literally just says like I hate them more the more than the iconics. <laughs> like, there you go. Like you know they did their job and it's perfect. Uh, and I'm sure you guys discussed it earlier, but Oscar in the cage in the when she was in the pod during the elimination chamber, was like, I was dying. Like, I was just like, just release her, like, or just keep her in there the whole time, whatever. Like, 
as long as she just keeps yelling and dancing and taunting, that was the that was probably the highlight of that match, actually. Yeah, and that's why I'm really I love this tag team. And when they first got together, I saw this potential, but obviously it took them a while to get this because Oscar, like, and Kyrie saying there's something to say about them for people whose first language isn't English, and they're gonna have that language barrier. But to come off as charismatic as they do, and how confident, and like I can tell exactly what they're trying to do within a second, I think is even more impressive than some of the best promos in the world. And it's like I said, with all the extra mixed in, like I finally like these past couple months. And when they've been together, I know exactly what they are. They have that identity. They work perfectly as a team. They're great heels, and I just enjoy everything they do together. Well, yeah, and they do the international heel thing like much better without using like the xenophobic, like exactly. anti-America, anti like they did it in such a great, unique way that I I don't want to see them drop the titles, and I just want more of them on my TV right now. I'm 100% with you. I would love to see them hold those, like, literally forever. The only other note I have in this segment, because obviously they did knock off Natalia and Liv, whatever. Liv's theme, I've kind of been thinking this for a while, but I was kind of feeling it out. This theme sneakily bumps in, like, a weird, like, mysterious but cool way. I'm actually digging her new theme, too. It's all right. Ah, oh, so you disagree. I, Finally. It was just kind of, I like, I didn't even notice it. Like, to be honest, like, it it was on, and then it cut out, and I was like, oh, is someone else coming out? And then it just kept going. So maybe it was an audio issue, but. Well, we'll no, see. it is, because it is. It's very low-key. That's why the first couple times I heard it, I'm like, it does lack that, like, first thing that grabs you. But the more it plays, like, I just find myself, like, bumping a little bit, and I'm like, why am I? And I'm like, oh, this kind of, mm, okay, I'm digging this. So now the more I've heard it, the more I'm digging it. And, of course, I just love Liv. So it's a, it's a perfect combination. All right. You ready to get some heat? Hey, uh, Nestle, can you help us out here? Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Get him off my TV. Uh, I think eh. we should start with uh, the Monday night overexposed garbage messiah. Because, oh, boy, there was this, – this literally, like, his run tonight, TJ, had everything. So bear with me. We had the black stuff, which was fine. Uh, but then they did bring back the popcorn spot, which I think they should have just left alone. I think sometimes with WWE, they just uh, overdo it, and this is overdoing it. Um, and especially, he's handing out popcorn to the crowd, um, and people are sharing food when we got this coronavirus going around. That's not the Messiah that I believe in. That is very irresponsible, and another reason why I will never worship him. Hey, as a food service guy, he was wearing gloves, though, so let's, you know... It doesn't matter the people... The the unwashed masses were not as they're sticking their filthy paws in there. Disgusting. Buddy Murphy was the smartest man for rejecting that popcorn. Yeah, he's smart. Um, But that... uh, My heat in that, like, they teased me with a great match. Like, I got excited, and, like, deep down, I knew they were going to, you know, ruin it somehow. Oh, yeah. But, like, I was excited, and, like... When it's a promo-heavy show, like, at least give me one good match with a good finish and don't, like, this the show did not really have that. Like, so that was my hope with that. I was like, come on, you know, you're going to give me a good match, like, you know, because even Raver was like, this is a very promo-heavy show. And yep. I was like, you know, they're going to give us a good match, like, bear with it, bear with it. And I was the positive one compared to Ray Ray for once. <laughs> um, and then they, you know, they DQ'd it and it disappeared. Schmazed like, it up, you know, TJ. Schmazed it up. Here, here comes an eight-man tag, and Alistair Black wasn't even in it. He just disappeared. I was like, okay. Well, that was the wildest thing about this is because with Alistair Black not being a part of it, it's literally a rerun of we've seen a million times with these eight guys. And, you know, I will say this because, obviously, when I looked at this and it's like 10-15 and this match starts, I'm like, well, this is the main event, so we're definitely getting a schmoz. So I knew Seth Black, I was just going to, like, not – I was going to be underwhelmed because it was going to end schmozzy. So I 32X'd. 
Then I see they run out, so I watch all the runouts, and I'm like, oh, we're getting eight-man tag. We get it. 32x to the last five minutes. I will say the last five minutes with uh, the Street Profits and Tez and Dawkins going full awesomeness, I enjoyed myself, but, again, that's because I just skipped 40 straight minutes of nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the one good hope with that is I think it's going to set up a three-way, probably ladder match. Oh, probably, DQ you know. said the same thing. You guys are teasing me. <laughs> we're so good. But, yeah, no, I mean, those three, I mean, that's – Definitely why the Street Profits joined that instead of bringing Kevin Owens, which I thought was going to happen. I was ready for Kevin Owens to join and Alistair Black to come out, and then it would have been that eight-man tag. So we tease a little more. So, But yeah, that's but yeah, the no. weird thing about this, is the Viking Raiders are just kind of like background noise in this feud, and um, it clearly seems like we're getting Seth and KO as a singles match, so I guess Buddy's just going to be the left-out man, but... I think Street Profits, AOP, and Viking Raiders would have a hell of a match. I wouldn't be surprised if someone like the OC got thrown in even, too, because you never know with multi-man mania. But um, at least we have that to look forward to, because Tez did, during the match, point at the sign. So at least they're going to be booked. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. I'm going to buy, I think I said that in our thread, I'm buying 100 red cups and writing jobbernock.com on there. That's going to be our business card for WrestleMania. So. I fucking love it. Love it. Dun, dun, dun. Super hot fire. Uh, what else on the show did you not really care for? Because there's a few more oh. things. Um, I actually, you know, I was very positive. But the second that it said Undertaker is signing a contract next week, I literally spit out my beer. I was like, what is going on here? The Undertaker doesn't sign contracts. Like, it's just such a random thing. Like, that's not, if you're going to have to use that element of a contract signing, this is not the match to do it with. Yeah, because I agree. Because the contract signing thing should either should always be either for an A for a title match or B for some sort of match where, like, these guys are putting their lives in severe danger. You don't sign a contract for a random one-on-one match with no stipulation. Like, it just... I mean, ugh. AJ did say he's going to kill him, though. So, I mean, like, it could be a waiver for, like... That's true. Know, like, I'm okay to die. And that is true with The Undertaker. Maybe they just really want him to sign a waiver because I have thought his, like, last, like, six matches that he might die in the rain, which uh, AJ literally, again, home run with that. But, yeah, I don't... This segment, I just... I know they don't. They aren't really creative with how do we keep pushing this feud forward, but I don't know. It's a tough one for me. No, it was. I mean, it definitely could use something better than that. I mean, AJ is going to have to carry this feud because the Undertaker's not showing up to Raw every week, so it's going to be all on AJ. But I'm 100. I think he's fully capable of doing that. So there's no need for a contract signing. So they could have used that. I think Becky and Shayna could have used the contract signing because it just fits that match better. But it feels like that big fight feel again. Yep. Well, TJ, uh, don't be worried about that. They got plenty more weeks. I know they're not scared to do this again, so don't be surprised <laughs> if we have a contract signing every single week because Ed Orton might have one. McIntyre Brock might have one. Fiend Cena might have one. Goldberg Roman Reigns will definitely have one. So, uh, Well, actually, now that you say that, like the Orton and Edge one should have had that because that should have had that hold harmless, like, I'm going to hurt you, Edge, and I'm going to end your career and it fits that one way more too. So. There's still time, baby. Um, uh, yeah. The, the next thing I want to bring up is because this just like, you know, last week Ray and I talked about it a while, for a while, and this week it just happened again. Riddick Moss in a regular match just squashes Cedric Alexander, another uh, decorated cruiserweight, as I guess we could say. But um, this, again, this push, like, I don't want to say I hate it because they're really like, they clearly want to prop up Riddick Moss for some reason. I'm just at a loss because it seems like the most random thing ever for a guy that literally nobody knew. He debuted as a sidekick to Mojo for a couple weeks. And next thing you know, now they're treating him as like one of the most dominant champions on the brand. I just, I'm, I'm at a loss to what's going on here. 
the thing that made me laugh about that the most was that like his Tron said the Riddick Regimen, which was something from NXT like two years ago <laughs> that they like tested and ran. I think he had like one thing where he was like a workout guy and he was like leading workouts and he only came up for like two weeks and then that was it. So like when I came up with the Tron, I'm like, wait, are we doing this again? Are we doing the Riddick Regimen? And then I don't think anyone even like probably noticed it to be honest. I did. And it, and if they did notice it, they're you know, rolled their eyes like me because it was the stupidest thing and then he disappeared again and then because it was right after they used that after uh him and or after Sabatelli got hurt. And he I was, was gonna say this was after Sabatelli or before? I think it was after because I think Sabatelli was like with him or there was someone with him. It was so forgettable that I don't even remember it. Like I just remember him doing push ups in the middle of the match. Do you remember their theme song in NXT? I remember they had a feud with the Street Profits and like their theme song bumped. Yeah. No and they were I mean their whole thing like they made the Street Profits who they are. Yes. I think at first I was like, who the hell are these guys with a cup? Like, this is stupid. And then obviously now I'm rocking the Street Profits day in, day out because they're awesome. Because we all want the smoke, TJ. Yeah, except for Nestle freaking ruined it. Oh, he just, you, you know, that's like, he sees a good thing. He likes to take a piss on it. The rest of us like to feed the flames. He likes to douse them. That's just how he is. No, but he, he loved Montez, and now Montez is going to be cursed. Like, I know, he, but... He always curses my favorites, so I sit here and facepalm myself. But the nice thing is, the last couple times I talk about them, he's not excited about them, so I think that's good. It's counteracting his original curse with a new one, so... I mean, he, I mean, as soon as he jumps off the bandwagon, I mean, look, we have... The, the club are the best team, tag team in the world. Mojo Rawley became a champion Mojo, instantly? He jumps off the uh, Alistair Black one, and now he's winning, and he's you know in prominent feuds right now. Like This is great. He should just jump off more often. Yeah, that is true. Uh, what else do we got from Rock? Because I think the only thing we really haven't hit on is Mysterio and Garza, which, again, is a rerun. It seems like Mysterio wants to fight him again. I think the only positive we can take from this is I think – but uh, if you throw in on Jade and Humberto, we could have an exciting fatal four-way, maybe for the U.S. title or something at WrestleMania, because that, that sure my... seems what they're teasing. I was uh, that was getting a little hopeful. That was actually going to be my lead-in for the hope. Oh, well, let's JC. do it then. Yeah, no, my hope for this week, well, not this week for WrestleMania right now, is actually that the four of them do get a uh, U.S. title match at WrestleMania. It gives that like old-school feel of like. Monday Nitro when they used to have all of the Lucha matches and the Cruiserweight matches. This one's for the U.S. title, so it's a little different, but I think all four of them have, like, they've feuded with each other, they've battled back and forth, um, they all have, like, a little bit of an intertwining story, um, plus he throws Alina Vega in the middle of that, mm. and she manages two of them, so, like, there could be a little bit of a turn there, um, plus we don't know, like, Garza's on three shows a week now, so, like, there's a lot going on there. So I think that that's my hope is that we do get that match. And that match actually could be a great one to start off the show to kind of get that show up on fire. Like, we haven't seen a match like that in a while because they've been throwing, like, title matches to start the show. So this would be a great one for that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I just think, unfortunately, I think, honestly, I think this is a distinct possibility. But I think, if anything, it's on the pre-show. Maybe it's the last match of the pre-show to get the crowd hot for the start of the show. But I just, I don't know. I think once we get down to it, we're going to have 14, 18 matches and... This will be one that I think, unfortunately, will be bumped to the pre-show, which I don't necessarily, like I always say, isn't a bad thing because I think they'll get more time there. And like you said, the four of them all fighting each other, having the intertwined stories. The Zelina thing is a factor I didn't even think about because obviously if they were all in competition, she represents both Andrade and Garza. I like that, TJ. I like that a lot. Also, by the way, like we've been shitting on WrestleMania the last few years for having like tons of matches and being so long. Um, I've been watching every single WrestleMania leading up to this one, and 
even the three-hour WrestleManias had like 14 matches on the card. They were just they short, just though. That was the they device. just didn't have time. Yeah, and it was really boring. I was kind of a so like that's when one to kind of like keep an eye on. Like I kind of appreciate the longer events with the giving everyone their time, giving like quality matches as opposed to like. Here's Bob Holly and Al Snow. They're gonna have a one-on-one match. Yep. A minute, a minute or the long. women's matches, which were literally like thirty seconds, even though there'd be like twelve of them in the match. Yeah, or they're just not wearing clothes, which I had to explain to my wife, which was a little <laughs> difficult to do. Yeah, it's certainly come a long way uh, since. Yeah, then. it didn't really age well. Uh, what's your hope, Mr. JC? Well, I teased it with DQ. Actually, my hope is all about Otis because, as you know, if you go back into the Jabberknocker archives. I've always been, from or very early on, I was a hater of Heavy Machinery because I saw them as a one-trick prony. I didn't see it. I just didn't get it at first. But, you know, I think since they've come to the main roster, they're a team that's really found their steam and is obviously 100% Otis. The guy is a charismatic, like, legend. And I thought he shined in that chamber match. Even Tucker, too, with those high spots. Um, but the storyline with Mandy and Ziggler has just been... It's so good and it's so interesting where... This needs Otis needs to have his WrestleMania moment. That that's my hope is that they need to find a way to pay this off well and needs to culminate at WrestleMania and give Otis his moment. I whether it's a tag match, I don't like even if you look at it and you book it, it's Heavy Machinery versus the Glorious. You'd be like, oh, why is that on WrestleMania? The crowd will be hotter for that than they would be for like probably seventy percent of the other matches because Otis, man, he is so over. We're rooting for him. If Mandy gives him a peck. At WrestleMania, that place will go nuclear. I could see it even being the match in between the two main events because there's no way the crowd would get down on that. It doesn't have to be long. I don't know how they do it or if it's a one-on-one match or maybe they just throw him in the Battle Royal, which I think would suck. But I want Otis to get his WrestleMania moment. Hey, Otis could always win the Battle Royal, too. Like, let's not forget that. Like, That's that true, but that, moment. I just, I don't know. No, I just... he needs, I think, a one-on-one with him and Dolph. And having that be the match after Goldberg and Reigns, yes. the crowd's going to be very down. That's what I mean. It'd be perfect. Because the crowd's going to be down. I mean, let's let's not hide anything. I think the crowd is over the fact that Roman Reigns had cancer and they're not popping for him anymore. Like, they want something different. And Goldberg and Reigns is not the thing. And I'm sorry, that sounded very insensitive of me. But no, but you're, true, no, like, I know I, you're 100% right. Like, that's what last year, like, they were popping for Reigns because it was a big thing. You know, it was his comeback and he did that. And now it's, you know, the crowd's over it, and they don't want him as a universal champion, and they want something else. And now they're getting Goldberg and Reigns. And I think no matter how many people think that they're going to pop for Reigns because he's beating Goldberg, I think it's not going to happen. That's me. Yeah, I, I think it – I mean, the thing about Reigns is it's – even though I think a lot of the smarks are once again off him, like, it's just a thing. It's the same thing with, like, Braun, like – they, like the kids are such a large portion of the audience, and like women and everything. It's not. It's not just like the smarky little like virgins and people like us who like. I really like Reigns, but again, I get it. But I think it's just he's so over with them that I still think he'll get a big pop. And the thing about that match is like for us on the internet and in our internet bubble, like we don't want it. But for the rest of the public and like kids, Goldberg Reigns is really a dream matchup. But it's going to be interesting to see how it sounds because sometimes the internet people can be very loud. So either way, though, Vince gets his way because the place is going to be fucking nuclear. So Yeah, right. Well, TJ, it's time to get to the comeback. Who gets your comeback for this week? So we all know I'm a little biased, but I was excited to see Zack Ryder back on TV, even though he got squashed. Um, I mean, Ryder and Hawkins, obviously I listen to their podcast and I collect toys and whatnot because of them. But, I mean, it's always nice to see Zack Ryder. I mean, he built himself as a character he did such a great job which was 10 years ago which is scary but 
Uh, but, I mean, he was a huge star, so it was good to see him back on uh, WWE TV this week. Yeah, I didn't hate it, and they obviously had the pay-per-view match on uh, Sunday. So back-to-back working nights for Zack Ryder. But uh, he did have a, I think it was an exclusive on WWE.com, where he pretty much said he's just grateful to be there. And it is just, it's just crazy to me because, like you said, 10 years ago, this guy was on top of the world, and now he's just like, he's like, yeah, I'm happy to be here. It's like, oh, man. Cash that check, yeah, homie. Cash that check. He gets paid. He gets to go out. And he just gets to do his thing. So, I mean, I guess you can't be that mad at yourself. Yeah. Well, my comeback, we go from edge heads to the literal thing. I got to give it to Edge, man, because this guy, once again, looks great. He was brooding anger and confidence, and I am so hyped for this feud. It was good to see him back. I'm ready to see what they do next to get us there because they've obviously done so much already, and now that they're together again, I think they got to be careful of not giving away too much. But it was nice to see Edge back on TV. He's motivated. He looks like a million bucks. And this match is, again, like you guys have said, the match I'm most excited for. Yeah, and he had that crazy look in his eye. When oh, he yeah. has that crazy look in his eye, he's a whole nother level Edge. So I'm very excited for that one. Me as well. But, TJ, it's time to get to the big finish. And uh, you know what? We're going to talk a little NXT. We're going to talk a little AEW. But first, I want you to rehash uh, the plans that you and DQ have for WrestleMania weekend because you guys will be on the grounds repping the Jobberknocker and have a myriad of content. So DQ is on his way down here. So I will live in sunny Florida. He's going to be on his way WrestleMania week, um, hopefully barring his flight getting canceled and coronavirus and yada, yada. Um, but we are hopeful that nothing will hope that. Um, so I will be live at WrestleCon, which is at George Steinbrenner Field in Tampa, Florida. So I'll be doing a little live vlog over there that day. Um, Saturday night, DQ and I will be doing the NXT Hangover live on Twitter that evening. So we'll do it live instead of being across the country and taping it and doing all that. Um, Sunday, we're going to do a uh, live tailgate special for WrestleMania. So we're going to rehash that card, go through it. Um, give our opinions, as well as we're going to do a little uh, vlog of the whole week. So it's going to be very exciting stuff. Um, I haven't seen my brother in two years, so that's Whoa! kind of exciting, too. Yeah, right? Like, it's craziness. That is crazy, especially since you guys are twins and everything. It's crazy they haven't seen each other in that long. Yeah, well, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. It's true. And, you know. Well, that is exciting. I know I can't wait for that. I know everyone else can. But also, if you're enjoying this podcast, like always, give us five stars, five flames on iTunes. Uh, make sure you like and subscribe on our other ones as well. We have Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, archived on YouTube, Jobberknocker.com. That's the website. You can find TJ along the rest of the staff's weekly articles of NXT, NXT UK, AEW, and NWA Power. We also put up predictions and specialty articles on there all the time. So check out there. Twitter is at Jobberknocker. At WrestleMania, at JC of the JK, at DQ of the JK, at Ray Ray of the JK, at Billy D2411, at Joe Pollock47, at TJ of the JK, at The Real Deal B Cox, Facebook Jobberknocker, Instagram Jobberknocker, because TJ, where are we? Everywhere that you want to be on social media. Mm hmm. And on that note, I want to get to your bread and butter now. NXT, the takeover card is beginning to take shape. Uh,. Tell me what I have to look forward to uh, coming up in the next few weeks of NXT. And also, at TakeOver, what matches should I get hyped for? So, yeah, TakeOver, there's a lot of stuff that's really confusing when it comes to TakeOver so far. Because, I mean, right now it looks like we're going to get Finn Balor and Walter. But they also tease that it's WrestleMania. So I'm not sure, like, where they're going with that match. I hope it's um, on NXT. It'll do much better on NXT than at WrestleMania. I don't know. I, know, I, know, I would also love to see uh, Walter's entrance at WrestleMania. Like, that would be pretty epic. 
Um, right now, the only match that's actually booked is the ladder match for the number one contender for the NXT Championship. Um, that's the only one officially booked um, at this time. And who's in that um, so far? Chelsea Green. That's it. <laughs> that's it. Do we so have we'll any other what... like every, any other hints or anything? Kind of, like they haven't really hinted at anything. Like they said that they're going to have a bunch of qualifying matches over the next couple of weeks. So we'll see. I mean, uh, I'm sure Deanna Peraza is going to get in there somehow. Um, and we're going to see, I don't think Io's healthy yet. Yeah. But that we'll see where she's at. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure Bianca Belair will get in there somehow. Like we're going to get everyone. It's, I think they said it was six women Jeez. in the ladder match. Damn. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. Um, but yeah, right now the only one in there is Chelsea Green. Um, and it looks like we're going to get Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa again, which is a rerun that I can watch every three months because it's just so outstanding and they find a way to make it a unique match every single time um so we'll see where that's going um did you watch nxt this week with the two cage matches i did um you you know if you guys listen to this show that i absolutely adore tegan Knox. um i enjoyed that match overall i thought like you i i know you said it in your article um a creative finish um which i really liked about it i didn't love that there was the second one in the night with uh velveteen and roddy but again they used it to further a storyline and get us where we are going, and that is Velveteen Dream Adam Cole. Um, I thought it just showed the guile of the Velveteen Dream, which I think is important because anytime you're going one on four, it's kind of like what we saw in AEW with Moxley. Like, you gotta outsmart everyone to beat the numbers game, especially because there's no one running down to help out Dream that often. Um, so I thought this was a nice step in that direction, and I'm assuming yeah. he's gonna have his moment at TakeOver. I think so too. I think so. Um, but yeah, no, what I was getting at too is that is they did an outstanding job pushing two different uh, cage matches and having them be very different. Like, I thought that the endings were both unique in the way that Velveteen Dream, literally, he got himself in that match with Roddy, like, using personal tactics, and then gave Roddy the match and threw him out of the cage and said, okay, you win, And because he had Adam Cole in the cage by himself. Like, I wasn't expecting that at all. Like, I think I knew deep down that it was going to be Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole, but I was very, like, when he threw Roddy out, like, I was shocked. I had, like, my hand on my face. And it was like a horror movie turn. I was like, this is outstanding. Like, great job. And plus, I'm a huge Velveteen Dream fan. Like, I mean, you know, how you can you me... not be? You guys you guys give me shit for Johnny Gargano and how much I love him. But, I mean, Dream's right up there as well. Um, so, I mean, he's – I will be very happy for that one. I mean, again, another one that – I know we've talked about the NXT Championship being on WrestleMania. I don't think it's going to be. I think that'll No, be it appears that um, it's it's just be the women's, which they, I think, also call the NXT Championship. So – they weren't lying, I guess. <laughs> yeah, they kind of dropped that, too. Like, they did, like, one week, they were like, oh, it's all the NXT Championship, and then now they're kind of like, oh, it's the NXT Women's Championship, it's the NXT, like, I don't know, I think there's... Hey, if there's one thing around. we know about WWE, TJ, it is that they are extremely consistent in everything they do. This is true. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, right now, those are the only things that are really teased. Um, they're, if one can imagine that we're going to get a tag team championship match. Um, with the browser weights, I know they're defending it this week on NXT TV. So who are we'll they defending against? Where... Is it is it the era? It's it's the undisputed era. So yeah, because you know you know who I want. I want the grizzled young veterans. I think that they're gonna. I think there's gonna be a three way match that take over with the three of them because I think they're gonna get themselves involved because they went out last week and attacked the browser weights um, on the stage. So they had the stare down they... with UE, didn't they? Yep they they attacked the browser weights, held the title, and stared them down. So. We'll definitely see where that's going. Um, I definitely, I would really like to see the Grizzled Young Veterans in there, though. I think, and it'll be interesting to see too if 
the Bruiserweights turn on each other. Like, I think we're all expecting it. So it's when it's, it's more of a when than an if. Well, my guess for how this goes, especially if you're right about it being a triple threat, is that the Broserweights will retain that weekend um, because I don't know. I, I Riddle makes a lot of sense as a guy to come up right away, but I don't think they're going to do that. I think they're going to do more work with them, and I just could see them retaining there and maybe the Grizzled Young Veterans pick up a win in a two-on-two match on NXT TV in the coming months, and that's how it ends. But I just... I think with everything going on that weekend, I think they're just going to want Riddle and Dunn to pose and kind of milk off this, like, huge babyface run they're having as a tag team together, which I'm perfectly okay with because, like we've said, since the moment these two were put together, they have been must-see TV. Yeah, no, and I, I, we all rolled our eyes and said, oh, really? Like, they're going to win, and this <laughs> is a joke, and then now we're all, like, popping for them. Yeah, we're everything like, I'm glad they won. Everything except for how many, how many fish can Bobby Fish fry if yeah, that was a yeah, I'm not happy about that one. Uh, so do uh, you have any other NXT notes, or should we move on to AEW? No, I mean, NXT's been, you know, outstanding as always, so we're just going to have to see how things are going. I was, you know, I just pulled up the card to go talk about it. I was like, wow, there's only one match announced so far. But NXT does a good job waiting to the last minute to kind of get things out there. Yeah, and like you said, we have an idea where they're going. They're clearly doing something with Keith Lee, uh, Dijakovic, uh, Damian Priest, uh even your buddy uh, Cameron Grimes was involved there, even though that guy bores me to fucking tears. But he's not my guy. Come on <laughs> but they have a, this week's actually an interesting one. They were, uh, it was all free tickets, and they were they're filming NXT at the Performance Center. So that's I saw very, that. Uh, yeah, yeah. I emailed. It. I did not get tickets, unfortunately. But um, it's gonna be interesting. It's also gonna be. I don't know where they're gonna park all these people because it's like a business park. There's no parking over there, so. It'll be interesting to see that one. <laughs> yeah, that will be interesting. But I do want to jump on to AEW now. And uh, obviously a lot has been happening the last few weeks over there. Um, so what has stood out for you the last couple of weeks in AEW? Well, first off, before we get into that, did you sign up to be Sean Spears' tag team partner? You know what? I'm glad you brought this up because I saw this and I was like, I fucking – this is genius. Like this is marketing genius by then because – I don't know. I just there's something about this. Like obviously, this is the what was the appeal with like tough enough and all the stuff that WWE used to do. But this one is just it's different because it's an actual active superstar looking for a partner. So if you team with them, you're immediately going to be on the show. And who wouldn't want to be a tag team partner with Sean Spears? He's like the most amazing person in the world. Um, but yeah, I I've thought about it, but uh, I don't know if I'm in the physical shape that I need to be to uh, hang with the Perfect Ten. I mean, he could always hold it, hold a team. That's uh, true. I could just come in for the hot tag. It reminded me a lot of um, when Santino debuted, and he was just the fan sitting in the front row challenging when Umago was taking any champion challenge, or any challenger for the championship, and he raised his hand. He was fighting like penny loafers. <laughs> it's like, you know, they're just gonna sell it as he's a random person. But um, it'll be interesting. I'm kind of intrigued to see if there's like they're actually taking like indie wrestler resumes and whatnot to kind of pick up on someone i think they, they honestly it seems like they are because why not what do they have to lose it'll be something that i don't know i just and i think um that's the perfect thing to the guy like spears to work with because even if the person isn't as polished as you want them to be like you could have spears go in there and just take all the heat um so i i don't know i'm very intrigued by it i think it's honestly i think it's i think it's genius on AEW. yeah side. They said that they, uh, the email that they put out there um, ended up flooding and they had to shut it down for a while because they got too many email requests. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I mean, that's, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm rolling my eyes at AEW right now for their War Games match, Blood and Guts. 
Um, I don't know how I feel about that. Like I saw the sign, like I saw the promo during Revolution, and I was like, okay, that's cool. They're doing war games. Like congratulations, Cody, good job. And then I saw they were calling it Blood and Guts. I'm like, all right, come on. Like this is uh, my three year old daughter can come up with a better name than this. <laughs> like Blood and Guts. Like okay. And then they kind of like they rushed it this week and said like, oh, this is what we're doing, and it's now it's the elite versus the inner circle, which is cool. Like that's definitely the two teams that would be in that match. But I feel like they just kind of like jumped right in and did it. Like I think when we they announced it, we all knew that those would be the two teams. But they just, like it's definitely rushed. Like yeah, when is this happening? I think it's in two weeks. Oh, oh. wow, it's that soon. Okay. Yeah, it was. It's in a couple weeks because they definitely like they had the inner circle and then the elite were like feuding and covering and everything in the ring this week because they the elite came and rescued QT Marshall, which was kind of funny. Yeah, that um, was uh, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, like the, at first it was like, okay, it looks like it might be the inner circle versus the Nightmare family because it was Dustin and Cody and all that. And then all of a sudden the Elite started making their way down because I guess they had to audible it because Omega and one of the Jackson brothers were sick or something like that. They said they weren't there. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. And I saw this week they're teasing uh, Hayman taking on, is it Santana and Ortiz? And he's a mystery partner. I would uh, think it would be safe to assume that's probably going to be Matt Jackson to further their yeah. little uh, friendship hatred thing going. Yeah, that, that would probably be a good assumption right there. Um, and then what was the other thing? Oh, uh, John Moxley. I mean, he's I was a huge Mox fan before. He was in WWE and then. Then he was Dean Ambrose, and I was a huge fan then. And even then, like, now I'm just, you know, I would love him life. I was very happy when he got his championship. Um, it looks like he's going to be going back against Jericho at some point because Jericho's not going anywhere. Yeah, um, which I, 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 yeah, I don't love it, but at the same time, I get it because it's, I mean, I, I can tell you this, TJ. I finally got Jericho's theme song on my phone on Amazon Music. I cannot stop listening to it. Oh, it's so good. Like, I just, I, I can't stop. I blitzed to it on, like, repeat in the car. Yeah, no, Fozzie's definitely, or Fozzie's on my my Apple Music playlist, like, that I always listen to at work. So, you know, it's, it's good stuff. Yeah, um, so I, yeah, think, no, I think it like, makes sense to have him there. Yeah, and, I mean, you gotta get your rematch. I know we all hate rematches and whatnot, but when you're a champion for that long, like, you should get your rematch and get it, make it happen. And it only is going to make Moxley look like a better champion because he's just going to defeat him again and write him off. I did love how they teased um, that he was going to go away for 60 days. Yeah. Like, You're going to go away for 60 <laughs> days. Because everyone thought like, he would. He's like, oh, he must have yeah. to tour. Yeah, he's like, oh, Fozzie's touring, yada, yada. And he literally, like, he won. He's like, fuck you guys. Like, that was really, like, because usually when they do stuff like that, it's obvious. Like, you know, oh, he's going away. Oh, it's time for him to go do this or um, they did it with The Rock all the time. Like, you're going to go away for the summer. Yeah. Like, oh, I bet he's <laughs> filming a movie. Like, yep. Yeah, and I, I yeah. so yeah, that's interesting. But the other note I do have about the uh, AEW Championship is MJF cut a promo about wanting it, and I think that's something down the line. Uh, you know, I think, again, like I think I've said this the last couple of weeks with the uh, folks that we've had on, it seems like it could be early for him, but at the same time, it's like there's not too many bad guys with better momentum, and the promos between Mox and MJF would be stellar. Oh, yeah. And you got to strike when the iron's hot. Like, yes. When MJF is on fire right now as a heel, it's just like when the Fiend started going for the uh, Universal Championship. I didn't think it was ready. Like, I wasn't ready for the Fiend to be a champion, and I just wanted the Fiend to do his own thing for a while. But it made sense. And he's so hot, there's no way that you cannot put MJF in that title picture. Um, I mean, I would rather him 
actually win the championship because I don't see him losing the Mox right now. Yeah, I think he but... would win. I think that's why the Jericho thing makes sense too because it kind of lets it breathe a little bit with Mox as champion. But again, heels are better champions. MJF would be a great guy. And then it, I also think it also brings back the Cody factor where if he's ever going to fight for a title again, MJF has to be the champion. Yeah. And I think uh, if you dig back in the archives of JobberKnocker.com, when uh, AEW started and I wrote an article and I said, watch out for MJF. He's going to be the big star in the face of this company down the road. And I think I might have been right. I could be wrong, but I believe you. Know, we'll you. See. I, I think he's going to be the big guy. And I mean, I watched him a lot in uh, MLW when I was watching that on Fight TV. And you could tell he's just going to be a star. Like, that guy is outstanding. So I look forward to seeing more of him. Um, and then Cody. Cody, I mean, other than his neck tattoo. I, mean, oh. the, <laughs> I You know, Cody's another guy that I've been a huge fan of from the get-go. And, I mean, I had the pleasure of talking to him in a press conference last year, and that was a lot of fun. Um, but and it was on the phone, guys. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> It was still cool for me. But anyway, he, I mean, he's a great star and he does, everything he's doing is great. Um, I sometimes feel like even though it's his company though, like he pushes himself back too much. I, agree. I know, I know my brother DQ is going to be upset about it. Cause he's like, Oh, you know, you own the company, you're going to book it. You're going to make yourself the, the star. He should be the star. Like he, like, he should have started this company to make himself the star. Cause he is outstanding. Yeah. Cause they're three he biggest is... stars, TJ. Let's be honest. It's Jericho, Cody, and Moxley. And up until Moxley's recent, like, last month and him winning the title, Cody was by far the biggest star, the most recognizable, arguably the most talented across the board, the best in this. I think Moxley's caught up to him a little bit with how good his run has been. But, like, I mean, I've been a Cody guy since day one, too. I absolutely fucking loved him when he came on the scene, Legacy with Orton. And then as he grew with the mask gimmick and his work with Damian Sandow, it's just like you could just tell he understands the business. He's incredible in the ring, and he's just one of the best storytellers, period. Leading in, before, after, everything. So, yeah, I mean, he. I think that's why I want MJF to get the title because I want Cody to beat him for the title someday, and I think that would be one of the most incredible moments. I think when MJF wins the championship, like, it's going to be, like, completely flipped, like, when with MJF. Like, MJF wants this Cody this title ma- or Cody wants this title match, and now Cody's going to have to go through and do all this stuff again to go and get MJF. And he's just going to show that he's ready to do that. Absolutely. Um, but yeah. I, also, I also got goosebumps when you were just talking about uh, Cody wearing the mask because oh. that was that was one that I think the WWE did not strike when the iron was hot yes. because he was such a great heel, and that feud with Rey Mysterio was so, like, outstanding like it was a great feud um there's another one i saw live i saw it down here in tampa with uh it was actually rules and cody ran right by me and my buddy nick were like what is going on yes they ran up and threw each other through popcorn in the crowd (laughs) Uh, i still say to this day one of the biggest missed opportunities was that money in the bank match where you had the road scholars and yes damian sandow won i was i was thought that was awesome the way they did it because like we were all so pumped for cody to finally reach the pinnacle and then his partner throws him off and steals it but i still maintain they should have had a match for the briefcase between cody and sandow and cody should have won it and become champion because honestly i think if they did that and they finally gave cody a world title run there would have been no looking back and aew wouldn't even exist no because I, I think, think he would have been a top star in the company to this day. Because you saw what happened the minute he left. Like, his, just how good he is at everything that he could easily lead a company. And he has. Oh, yeah. No. And when he was in Ring of Honor, like, it just showed how great if they give him a chance for it. 
Um, but even the year before, when he, I thought when dear Daniel Bryan won the Money in the Bank, I thought that that was Cody's year. Like there were so many times, and I think Cody was actually at the top of it for a minute. Yeah. And then they threw him down. I think he got teased. I think he said in an interview he was told like three times he was winning Money in the Bank and never got it. Yeah, that's what they do. Is they kind of especially. With things leak like they, I know they do that stuff all the time because I know other wrestlers who have been told things that then never happen. And, you know, it can lead to frustration, but again, that's part of the business because what does it say on the bottom of the poster? Card subject to, Card change. Subject to change. Yes. Um, I also like how you named the top three AEW stars and you did not name Kenny Omega. Well, that's the thing. is, And, I, and you know, I obviously I've become very familiar with Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. And, but I will say, I think when I had Mark on a couple weeks ago, he really hit the nail on the head. It's like, Yes, these guys are well-known in wrestling circles, but they haven't done a lot to get them to that next level. Same thing with Hainman. And that's why, like, the, the top three, to me, are still Cody, Jericho, and Moxley because they're just so well-known universally. Those other three guys, those other guys are completely respected and we adore as full-on wrestling fans, but for trying to bring in a new audience beyond the base AEW... I don't think those guys are there yet, and they still have work to do. I think Hainman's honestly the one that's closest because what they've done with him the last month has been phenomenal. Yeah, and Kenny Omega said in an interview recently that he wanted his big focus right now is to make the women's division a big thing. Good luck. He's kind of gotten he's gotten criticized with that one. Yeah, it's it's tough because it, it's just tough. Um, it's going to be tough for them to really break through there. Obviously, Riho was incredible, but her only being kind of part-time, I think, kind of hurt it, too. And that's why I think it was a good decision to kind of get the championship on someone more full-time. But they just – just, they don't have the horses in that division yet, or they just don't have the right momentum there where it just – it really is a down point from the rest of the show, which is a shame because they do have some talented individuals. It's just – I, if I, me as someone who watches every week and knows this product pretty well, is incredibly unfamiliar with like ninety-five percent of their roster, pretty much everyone, but like Britt Baker, that's a problem. Well, we'll see. I mean, most of the women are actually under WWE contract, but there's also a lot of women company that they could go and pick up people from. Like, yes. So I mean, there's lots of like there's shimmers and wows and. Um, lots of companies that are just women wrestlers that they should be reaching out to. But then again, the leader of those companies is Kylie Ray, and I've, something happened there. So. Yeah, that that did not seem good. So I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's going to be a while before they find some momentum because they're going to have to land like a Tessa Blanchard or someone from WWE, one of their bigger star women over there. I think to get any momentum. Yeah, agreed. All right, TJ. Well, do you have anything else for me before I let you go? No, I mean, thank you again for having uh, me and the twin, not-so-twin brother on. <laughs> I'm sure Jabberknocker fans are going to be sick of hearing our voice uh, by the end of the month, but we're excited to do all this WrestleMania stuff for y'all. All right, well, I appreciate you as always, TJ. I hope you guys enjoyed the Quinn Magic. We will be back next week with plenty more Jabberknockery. <laughs>